The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me is it's Thanksgiving. And so I, I need to be thankful. And there are so many things of which I am so thankful for. But let me just start off by keeping it real, if I may. Uh, there is a man in uh, the city of brotherly love uh, that I would like to acknowledge if it were not for him, and every time I get a chance to do this, I like to do this. If it were not for him, I would not be here at the Voice America Networks. Uh, this man is responsible for me meeting a young lady here who is my executive producer, uh, Tacey Trump, no relation to the Donald, uh, but saw something in me, thought it would be a good connection, and uh, it was an outstanding connection. It has given me the opportunity to have a voice of which I can share this platform and my voice with people across the world. And I've also had the opportunity to bring many other um, former and current professional athletes uh, to this network and giving them an opportunity into this uh, world of um, sports journalism, if you will. So with that being said, uh, my good friend, uh, the godfather, if you will, uh, Mr. Henry Clay. Henry, are you there? Yeah, Ray. Thanks for all the great uh, accolades, but I'm not sure that I deserve them. Oh, you deserve them, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad, as, as they say, that we got another day and we get a chance to do this again. You know, we do this at least once or twice a year. Uh, it's in my blood. It gives me a chance to be a homer. That's okay. I am an Eagles fan and a former Eagle ball player for life. I hope that life is a long one. Uh, but Henry, you and I get a chance to uh, to catch up a little bit, and you get to give me, I get to get it from you, straight from the horse's mouth, of if the city of brotherly love is showing our team some brotherly love. And, and I understand there's been a decision on who the starting quarterback is for the Philadelphia Eagles. So why don't we just start there? Is that, a, is that announcement official for the rest of the season as it relates to the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, semi-yes and semi-no, and I will, I will, make, I will explain that. Uh, Chip Kelly is, answers that question at every press conference, and what he said was uh, all week uh, he's the quarterback for Sunday. <laughs> okay. Um what I um I think he is and I think that they're supposed he's supposed to sit down with both uh, Michael Vick and with Nick Foles today. And I think that will probably be coming out 
later today or tomorrow that he's going to go with Nick Foles for the rest of the season. And just talking to people who who talk to Michael away from uh, the Eagles complex, I think he's resolved to that fact. Well, I can, let me just say this, Henry, just for those who out there, you know, and a lot of people know that Michael inked a very nice deal. Uh, but I, I would say this, as it relates to being a teammate, I think Michael Vick has changed. Michael Vick has matured. He's not the young man that came into the league something, I think, 10 years ago. Uh, Michael Vick is a different person. I think, Mike, I think Michael Vick is a different uh, quarterback. But Michael Vick is certainly a different teammate. And, and Michael Vick has done, in my mind, the right thing, and that is that he said, listen, I, let me step aside. I don't want to get in the way of my team being successful and, and perhaps maybe making a playoff run and maybe even deep into the playoff. If, if, if this engine is hot and it's running, let's keep it running and let, let, let's go with Nick Foles. And I think, and by the way, shout out to, to the Foles family. Uh, I had a, a great dinner at a restaurant that they started here in the city of Phoenix uh, with the Dr. Brosinger. Shout out to Doc as well. Food was excellent. I understand they sold the restaurant a couple years ago, but outstanding restaurant. And, and I saw the young man play when he was at the University of Arizona. He has grown to be a better football player. And I think the fact that Michael Vick as his teammate is supporting him the way he supported Mike and didn't create controversy to the point where they said, no, I think I'm good enough. I want to compete. I want to start. They've accepted the role that the coaches have decided for them because the coaches are the ones that make the decision. And I think that's what's made this smooth and comfortable for both of those guys. So regardless who's in there, and I think Mike has accepted the fact that it's Nick's turn now. Can I bump in here for a second? Please do. Go right ahead. It's just come across the wire. I'm reading it as we speak. He is the starter for the rest of the season. And that's what I I saw something out there, but I wanted to get it from you to be confirmed uh, because that's what I saw, but I wanted to get it from Philadelphia. And so if that's the case, we, we can understand what that means is that regardless of how he plays the rest of the year, unless he gets hurt, that job belongs to Nick Foles and he can wake up every Sunday morning knowing that he's a starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, if I might turn the clock back a couple of weeks or a few weeks, actually, when Michael got hurt the second time, and we all sat in the uh, new press uh, interview facility, and everybody was wondering, well, what's going to happen? Well, they both walked in, and they both together fielded the questions of why and what and where. And you would have thought they were two twin brothers. That's First of all, that's an improper statement. Twin brothers uh, standing out there at, at you know, doing something together. And, and Henry, just to add, uh, you know, credibility to the statement that you're making, you've been covering the Philadelphia Eagles for how long? Uh, this completes season number 37. Okay, and, and in 37 years, when have you seen two quarterbacks competing for the same job walk in harmoniously to address a press conference? 
never with this team, and I would have to say, <laughs> talking to my compatriots around the league, this has never happened before anywhere. It's been quite the contrary everywhere, with uh, especially via the media, that there was always a major quarterback controversy. And that's why I applaud Michael Vick for doing that, because normally, and it was Michael's position at that time and 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 I just saw something recently as a matter of fact that that eh, I'm not going to say it it bothered me but I I thought the young man did not handle it the way uh, Michael Vick has uh, handled it. And, and I'm not even really going to mention his name, but let's just say there's another quarterback out there that, that didn't handle that situation. And he would, he's just been inserted into the starting lineup. He didn't handle it that way. It's almost like, you know, I should have been in here. It's my time now or what. But I like, because you, you still, your teammates and in the locker room, you know, has to be one where everybody's on the same page. You don't want the bickering and behind-the-back talking and, you know, all that stuff is just not conducive to a successful chemistry of a team. This, this seems to be a, a chemistry of a team that's being led by the quarterbacks. And, yes, we are competing, but once the coach makes a decision, we're going to ride with it and we're going to support each other. I like that. Can I throw something in and we'd be two guys sitting having a cup of coffee in a diner somewhere for a second? That's why that's how we do this show, Henry, so go right ahead. All right. First of all, I think you're seeing the real Michael Vick. And I've known Michael Vick and met his family when he came here to run up for about nine hundred yards against Temple one afternoon at the uh, uh Virginia Tech University. Michael Vick is a very, very, very fine young man. He's comes from his mother is the mother that everybody would like to look at across the table come Thursday. And the trouble that he got into was not Michael Vick. And I'm sure that leading up to what we saw of him standing in front of the podium, and I'm speaking of Nick Foles and Michael Vick. Somewhere over the last couple of years, he got read a riot act about you better clean up your act and you better become a better person from mama. We won't hear about it. It will be not be on the Internet. It will not be uh, in the front page of the Arizona Republic. But what I'm saying is meeting that lady, I'm sure that she has told him, hey, you're a young man, you've got a lot of life left to live, now live it properly. And he's doing that. Now we can go back into the studio and be reporters and get off this uh, diner stool. Well, you know, well, you know, character is always an issue. We, there's a young man in, at college, and I don't want to get off into that quite yet, but there's a young man now uh, by the last name of Winston who, who the Heisman Trophy voters may have something that they think is a character flaw in the back of their mind that might influence their voting of that man receiving a Heisman Trophy or not. So what you're saying, public opinion has a lot to do with the National Football League because sometimes public opinion might prevent somebody from buying a ticket or wanting to support the team. They just may not. They, and, and this has happened to Michael Vick. We both know this. Uh, because of his off-the-field issues that we say were kind of out of character for him based upon the way he was raised, uh, they did affect uh, the Michael Vick no on question. the football field. You know, and, and he, so I'm, I'm glad that you say he's back. Every day, he is living every day to say, I made a mistake. Now, let me do go the second mile 
to co- to uh, to pay for what I did. Hey, I lost a hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money to lose. <laughs> hey Henry, let me say something. That's a whole hell of a lot of money. Listen, I got I got music in the background here, and that means we're going to have to take a break. But we're going to come back, and we're going to continue to talk about Michael Vick and Nick Foles. The Philadelphia Eagles are actually playing another bird. The Arizona Cardinals are flying in to Philadelphia this weekend, and we're going to talk about what's going to happen on the football field. So since that music is there, I'm going to take this break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. The godfather to me in the world of sports, Henry Clay, is on with me, and we'll be right back after this break. Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. Listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me is I am very thankful for the fact that uh, a young man by the name of Henry Clay um, found it uh, worthy uh, to talk to someone here in Arizona uh, by the name of Tacey Trump to look out for a gentleman that was coming out there. I think I was a gentleman at that time and I was interested in uh, broadcast media and have a conversation with him and uh, take him to one of those places out there that uh, they sell Philly hoagies, uh, Philly cheesesteak, and, and see if you can convince him uh, to come over there and, and work with you guys and develop something that could be really special. And that's what we did here. And, and from that came Voice America Sports. And I will forever be grateful and thankful uh, for Henry Clay. So that's how I'm celebrating this show and this Thanksgiving. And uh, there are two birds that may be cooked this weekend as a choice of you can either have uh, you can have fried eagles or you can have Fried Cardinals, and I don't know, but one of them is going to get fried this weekend. Henry, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you think will in, unfold on, on the field and, and what, um, you know, Chip Kelly and the boys back there are, are considering for their preparation well, when before the, the we Cardinals get to that point, Before we get to that point, I would like to ask a question. And that question is, how would you like to chase uh, Larry Fitzgerald around Veterans Stadium on that concrete painted green when you played? Well, you know, here's the thing about that with Larry Fitzgerald. And and I look at uh, Larry Fitzgerald, when I I think about uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who did I play against that I would think uh, would fit the mold of of Larry Fitzgerald? And, And the person that I could think of, because he didn't appear to be a blazer, but yet and still... He was always getting behind people. He would catch he would catch balls in traffic, uh, although uh, you know he wasn't the biggest guy in the world. And and I'm gonna go with the Art Monk. If I had to say who does in my generation of players, what I say reminded me of Larry Fitzgerald. I would say it was Art Monk. And Art Monk again was a little thicker receiver. Didn't appear to have blazing speed. A lot a lot of people don't know this, but Art Monk was actually a running back at Syracuse University. And I played against him at the Ohio State University, so I'm very much aware of the fact that he was. Uh, but I, I tell you what, that's so. So I chased Art Monk quite a few times. Uh, you did. That's and, right. You got to put it on the radio. We had, and we had, we had a little success with him, but he had a little success with us as well. I, I guess he had more success than he had failures because, after all, he is and I am not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, so I think the Eagles are going to have a challenge. There's no doubt that the Eagles will have a challenge this week when, when Larry oh, Fitzgerald and company fly absolutely. into, uh, uh, of course, uh, the link. So. Is that the concern of the Philadelphia Eagles? Is that the greatest concern of the Philadelphia Eagles? No, uh, because I think the Arizona Cardinals had better, had, first of all, and, and we've talked a lot about Nick Foles, who is a terrific young man, and I think he's going to have a great career. But there's something that when you that has not made the, the national stats yet. This Philadelphia Eagles defense maybe the unsung unsung story of the National Football League in 2013. Okay, come on, I'm listening. Uh, 
taking a walk back, Andy Reid, who is now at uh, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and doing very well. That's right. But we, when we go back and we look at the films from his era, we're seeing that uh, Jim Johnson covered up a lot of mistakes that the Andy Reid offense made. And we're seeing the same thing here with Bill Davis. This offense is very complex under Chip Kelly. I'm not knocking it, folks. Don't start writing twits, tweets. Okay? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is these young men become accustomed to this offense. It's going to take time. Well, right now, with the pressure that the Eagles are under, they don't have time. So Bill Davis' defense is covering up the mistakes and doing all kinds of things to help the offense. And I'm going to run a linebacker's name by you, Ray, that you are going to hear about for a long time. He was picked up as a free agent from the Houston uh, Texans. His name is D'Amico Ryans. He is going to be up there with Mr. Monk in, um, in, out in your old state that ran you away um, in Ohio. This young man is having one heck of a year. He's young, he's dynamic, and he's doing everything an all-pro middle linebacker uh, is asked to do. He's leading the team, he's getting the calls right, and I think that um, Mr. Fitzgerald and company are spending a lot of time looking at film of the Eagles' defense saying, uh-oh, we better be prepared when we get to Philadelphia this coming Sunday. Well, what I, let me say this, and, and I, I think I'm going to run to the defense because, again, uh, just like our former defensive coordinator, God bless his soul, uh, you're, you're not throwing him under the bus. But, but I, I got to say, if you didn't throw him all the way under the bus, you, know, you threw... Andy a little bit under the bus and, I, and I, I'm going to say this in Andy's defense I don't think that there was a lack of imagination to our offense or either will I say that there was a lack of points that were scored so I, I'm not so sure that the offense was the problem for the Philadelphia Eagles in the past because one thing that the Eagles did score they scored a lot of points I mean, it, it was very seldom that we ever have to be concerned about if we would put points on the board. I thought it was always a matter if we could, and that's how you win ball games. You obviously have to score more points than the other team. But, I mean, it was that our team, and I'm, and I'm not saying because of turnovers that our offense many times put them in position where it was a short field because I don't remember that happening a lot uh, in the Andy Reid era. But I do remember Andy coming in, and, and like, Chip Kelly has put points on the board. The offense, you know, Andy put points on the board on the, and from the ground and from the air. So I, I would question, and regardless of when it is, I, I think there comes a time where the defense has to give the offense the ball where they can get in that celebratory type of offense and take a knee. Okay. Uh, w- when you were playing and, uh, again, playing on that uh, AstroTurf painted green, I mean that concrete <laughs> painted green, I got you. what did your coach used to say to you and to us, the media? Offense sells tickets. Defense wins championships. That, that, okay, and that's what I'm saying. That's my point. I think that the Eagles, you know, defensively, and I, I'm going to say this too. I, I want to, you know, shout out to Troy 
to Troy Smith and to uh, uh, to Troy. Yeah, I think it's Troy Smith and and Bobby Taylor. Troy Vincent, I'm sorry. Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor had a football moment there. You know, because when it comes down to some of the best tandems in the National Football League. You got it. I, I, they, they're overlooked. Now, now shout out to my, my oh, man, two of the greatest. Uh, and I, I was blessed to play with them. Uh, Frank Minifield and Hanford Dixon. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'm day number two. They should be number one. But Troy Taylor, Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor deserve a part to be in that conversation. And they never are. Uh, but I will say that defense, you know, and so many other great players on that defense, too. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter loved him, you know. Uh, you know, and of course, you know, Brian Dawkins. Come on, man. Think about that. Think about them. Four names right there. Four names on that defense. But there are times where, again, we couldn't find ourselves in a position to take that celebratory, you know, victory, you know, formation because we're going to win the game. And, and it was because I think our defense many times might have been you know, what prevented us. Now, I know I'm going to get something different from you and some other guys out there, but, you know, I'm sure Donovan would have loved to be able to go down there and take a knee a couple of times. Uh, I'm sure he would have. And, look, there was there was, a, there was some great teams in there. Uh, absolutely great offensive teams in there. Uh, Donovan lacked a couple of people around him, or he would have, have, a, have a, had a ring, especially the game in uh, Jacksonville. I no was there. Question. I was there. All right. Uh, he, that team played well enough to win. It's just they came, have, they came up short. But if you look at the two Eagle teams that have gone to the Super Bowl, both teams played well enough to win. Okay. So Any team and... The 2014. Well, I'm, I'm going to say the, the 80 team didn't play good enough to win on that day. They weren't even in the game that day. That day, you know, everybody has been apologizing for the approach during that period of time of preparation. Uh, I think if many of us said if we had done things differently. You know, nobody has said, you know, hey, we, you know, we lost the game because, you know, we didn't do X, Y, or Z that day. You know, a lot of those guys feel as if they lost that game a week before just because of the way their approach to it. And even Coach Vermeil, I think, took a different approach when he got a chance to finally win his Super Bowl. And that's the thing about it. You never get it. You never guarantee you're going to get a chance to go at it again. And and so with that said, I, I got to get back because I don't want our time to run out, Henry. I want to focus on this game this weekend. I think, you know, I don't want us to be scarred. My wife is from St. Louis. They say scarred. They don't say scared. Uh, I want us to be scarred when, when the Cardinals fly in there. And I'm, I, I see you kind of ducking and dodging some of the questions about if we can handle them. We got to take a break, Henry. But we got to, when we come back, you got to help me understand and have confidence that the Eagles are going to make it happen. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. The Godfather, Henry Clay, is in the city of brotherly love. But we'll be right back together. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. Hey, all you people out there who've been following me for many years know that, of course, the Super Bowl is going to be in New York this year. And, of course, uh, the player networking event will be there. And I hope that uh, some of the players that listen to the show that have not been there, jump on board. Those of you who have, uh, there is some time in your life that you're going to have to start dealing with transition from the game. The game will be something that you did in your past, but it's more important to know and be prepared what you're going to do for your future than it was the things that you did in your past. So that will be history and it will be your turn to move to another level in your life. And, and hopefully if you get started early, you enjoy that. And I certainly enjoyed it. And I'm thankful for the fact that my good friend uh, and my mentor and the godfather, as I see him uh, in the city of brotherly love and sports in particular, Henry Clay is joining me. And Henry's going to go out on the limb. Uh, off the air, we went out on the limb and Henry uh, uh, supported uh, my Buckeyes. But right now I want to know, uh, you know, what Henry has to say about the Philadelphia Eagles and the Arizona Cardinals uh, this weekend. By the way, a very important game uh, for both teams. It is a both important game. The Eagles, of course, are tied with the Cowboys up top the uh, NFC East. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles will be victorious fairly easily because uh, Mother Nature is going to step in and give uh, the Cardinals a welcome to Philadelphia. As your buddy and mine, James David Ryan, used to say, a taste of eagle weather. Well, and you know, you know, some people, of course, if you, those of you out there who watched the Monday night game, you know, the weather was all, you know, 
a part of not all conversations, but much of conversations around the fact that people felt that Peyton Manning could not perform to the level that Tom Brady could because of the elements of the weather. Uh, of course, Arizona Cardinals are coming from sunny Arizona, and it is sunny. It's very warm. They play in an indoor environment. I don't know why they get well because of the heat in the summertime. Of course, that's why uh, they want to uh, protect the fans and, and the team from from extreme heat. Uh, but in this particular case, I think we could be talking about extreme cold as it relates to uh, what they're accustomed to. And so do you think the weather is going to be a major factor in the outcome of this game, Henry? Is that what you're saying? Or are you saying that it's just the, the Philadelphia Eagles are the dominant team? No, I'm saying that uh, the, the things such as uh, muscles tightening up and whatever will be a factor for the Cardinals because they're coming from, I think, the temperatures out there are going to be in the mid-70s today and tomorrow and Friday, and they're going to come in to where we're talking about uh, high, high 30s to low 40s and about 45 on Sunday if they kick off with rain in the forecast. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I hope, uh, you you know, you, what you I hear what you're saying, but I also want to remind you of this, that our quarterback, yeah, this is time for me to be a homer. Our quarterback, Nick Foles, is also very conscious of the temperature. After all, this young man is from Arizona. And so he, like the team that's coming in, he spent his the majority of his life out here in Arizona. So he's accustomed to, to warm weather. And now that the cold is about to set in, are you sure he'll be able to perform to the level uh, of expectations for him? Yesterday, my good man, he worked out yesterday when the wind chill was 17. I think he, he got a real quick uh, doctor's education, doctorate education, in playing in the cold yesterday. Well, I'll tell you one person that I that I know is certainly accustomed to the cold, and that's uh, Shady McCoy. And, 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 and health-wise, you know, Shady gets banged up every now and then, but he's able to fight his way through it. Uh, what can we expect out of Shady this week? Is he, is he healthy, or is he on the— uh, He's healthy—and the other thing is they're coming off their bye, so they've been, uh, they've been out uh, playing golf and what have you for the last 10 days. So the Eagles are in pretty good health. Uh, good shape health wise. Yeah, I would feel better. I would feel better if it was Andy Reid because I think Andy won like uh, he lost like maybe one game or two games in his entire career coming off of a bye week. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, uh, this is something new to, to to Coach Chip. He's not familiar with having a bye week uh, during the season. Uh, how do you think he's going to handle in terms of having his staff prepared? You think the staff's going to be? Prepared? I will say to you, my good man, my good friend. At uh, 2.37 Arizona time, the score will be, for the fighting Philadelphia Eagles, the score will be 27, the Cardinals 14. Okay, and with that, Henry, I'm going to say thank you and happy Thanksgiving to you. I really appreciate that. That's what I wanted to get out of you, and I love that number 27, so I think I might go with you. I'm going to ride with you on that one. Do me a favor. Henry, say hello to all my good friends back there in Philadelphia. Tell them I all will, I love I them. Will, I will tell them that you, on the for your Thanksgiving show, you called up all the turkeys you know so you could <laughs> stick a fork in us. No, we're not done in Philadelphia. In fact, I hope it goes long and deep into the playoffs because no, I'd like to see you to you and yours. That we, This was all in fun, folks. We, uh, Ray is a terrific young man who was a terrific young man to cover. And Ray, to you and your family, a most happy Thanksgiving and to all the listeners out there, the same thing. Okay, thanks, Henry. I'll be in touch.
Take care. Okay. Right now, we're going to switch it up. We're going to stay on football. But there's another thing. I, you know, I, I guess if I, my heart has a couple sides to it. You know, I, I wish I could break it into thirds. I might be able to break it into thirds because it's got to, maybe fourths because I got to start off with the Cam McKinley Bulldogs. Then it's got to be the Ohio State University of Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns. But now it's time for me to talk about, yes, the Ohio State University. And uh, I've got a good friend that's going to come on and spend some time with me. Uh, Now, listen to this. I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly. Roy, Roy Chowdhury is on the line with me right now. Roy, you there? I'm there, Ray. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Thank you for calling. And uh, Roy, I didn't want to, you know, introduce your name and and not say it correctly. Did I pronounce it correctly that time? You said it absolutely perfectly. Well, that's good because there's uh, there's a couple other things that we're going to, you know, Teeter that line of perfection on, and and that is the Ohio State University's football team is is hoping to remain perfect this week, and then go into again a, a championship game, and then go into a, a national championship. And and, and my man uh, Henry Clay has already told us what he thinks is that they would you know end up in that championship game and, and to win it all, and then they will be facing. Uh, Another Buckeye, which, you know, some people may or may not know, but if they know me, they know. And that is Nick Saban, who was my secondary coach my senior year. But um, before we get there, let's, let's go down memory lane a little bit because, you know, there, there is a lot of history uh, to this Ohio State University uh, rivalry against that school up north. Uh, and, and I think, you know, that you've spend some time kind of documenting some of that as it relates to uh, something that's very special to you in a book. Am I, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I grew up, you know, in central Ohio, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of the, the, the crazies, so to speak. I remember um, going to Woody's memorial service. I remember um, you know, vividly kind of spending those times with my family, watching the Ohio State-Michigan game, watching all those types of things. And, you know, it was, those are all great, strong memories for me. And, you know, I have two little girls now, and, um, you know, I started putting them to bed. My, my older one, as my wife was putting the younger one to bed uh, when she was about 22 months old, and she started asking me for stories to tell her stories, and the only stories I knew were the 79 Ohio State Michigan game, you know, 74 Rose Bowl, 73 Ohio State Michigan game, 86 Masters. So, and those were the stories that she loved. And and um, when I'd go on business trips, my, my my wife would call me and say, uh, my oldest daughter Emerson won't go to bed without the 79 Ohio State Michigan game, whatever that is. She's not a sports fan. So, we kind of got the idea to start putting those to paper, and we contacted a, a publisher who was interested in those, and um, you know, kind of things started moving on. We got an illustrator, and you know we're going to have two books about kind of uh, you know the, the vintage era of my Ohio State history uh, coming out hopefully in in, in um, January. One's called um, the day I met Woody, which kind of details um, a moment I met Woody when I was um, younger out at Ohio State. Um, a football clinic, and the other one's called the Buckeye Block Party, which uh, is actually an event you participated in, the uh, 1979 Ohio State-Michigan game, as kind of told through the eyes of how I shared the tradition with my family and, and kind of why that's such a uh, important thing today. And, you know, this is uh, the best week of the year, and, and uh, as I see it in our family, and it's like an extra Christmas. So it's, 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 it's a great tradition, and, you know, we're just happy to be able to share it with uh, everyone out there. Well, you know, well, I, I certainly uh, can appreciate uh, the fact that it's special to you the day you met Woody, and just as it's special to me the day that I met Woody as well. But uh, it's also special uh, to to me that, like you, uh, 
uh, I share the Ohio State uh, enthusiasm, if you will, the, 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 what I, the passion I have for the sport. Uh, my daughter shares it with me. So, but it's interesting that, that you, you came up with this book, uh, you know, to, to read to your, to your daughter. And your daughter is of what age at this particular time? She turns five uh, next month. Wow. And so, so we already know that there are some future Buckeyes uh, that will be around in, in your family because I'm sure she's going to raise her, her kids when she's older uh, to be Buckeye fans. So let me ask you, so you can go back to the days you met Woody. Tell me, if you will, just, I mean, how did that, what was that experience like? And how old were you when you met Woody? I was actually um, entering my freshman year in high school, and I was at an event for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and it was actually a just a, a kind of a football clinic, you know. And we we, we uh, you know I went with some of my friends uh, in the group to the clinic, and and I'm one person who's you know very rarely sick, you know, from fourth grade to high school. I missed uh, the only time I missed school was when I had an uh, appendectomy and pneumonia at the same time. So I was never one to get sick. And, you know, we get to the clinic and, you know, we're kind of out on the field. And I think Sonny Gordon, um, Chris Carter and Chris Spielman were, were some of the people that were there. And, you know, I went to catch a pass and all of a sudden I had the worst <laughs> stomach ache of all time. And I had to kind of uh, go sit on the side, and I sat under this tree, and, and I was just seeing my friends having fun, and you know, just what a horrible day <laughs> it was turning out to be. And all of a sudden, this golf cart drives up, and and it's um, um, you know, Woody uh, in the passenger seat with his assistant driving uh, driving him, and he pulls up to me, and he asks me, you know, what I'm doing, what's wrong, and and uh, you know, he ended up spending about 45 minutes with me, which was uh, so amazing in my life, and he was talking about working hard and paying it forward and he was talking about Emerson and Thoreau and it was just such an amazing experience for you know a very athletic you know unathletic kid like myself for him to spend that kind of time with me and it just was really life-changing wow you know what's really interesting is Roy uh you've asked me for my quote and and I hope you have not forwarded my quote as of yet has my quote been forwarded no, no, I said okay. that's okay because I'm gonna I'm gonna change I'm gonna change my quote and I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna change my quote because it just came to me just now just this just this moment that you know how special it is to meet Woody Hayes mm-hmm. and and Woody has this thing that anybody who knows Woody always talks about paying it forward and so I'm gonna change my quote because of listening to you and what you said just now about your experience. And the impact that meeting Woody had on your life. And you were part of an organization called uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. That's what the event was for uh, that you attended that day. I'm going to have I'm going to make a statement. Then I'm going to ask a request. I'm going to ask requests. I don't want a dime. I don't want a penny. But I'm going to ask if you could, if at all possible, particularly the Buckeye block party. If you could make a donation to a strong Christian man, the man who was an example for my life for me to this day, not only. Off the football field, but on the football field. And there is a program and a building, a program that's named after this gentleman, a teammate of mine, Todd Bell. Uh-huh. And if you could make a, a small portion of the, don- of, of the proceeds to Todd Bell's organization there at The Ohio State University. I would certainly appreciate it because you mentioned FCA. Todd Bell was the greatest example of a young man. And I'm not talking about uh, a, a person who is uh, an adult, uh, a seasoned adult, if you will. You know, but I'm talking about a teenager at 18, 19, 
And then at 20 and 21, uh, as I spent those four years of my life with Ty, Ty was the greatest example of what you would hope that your son could be for a younger child that I ever met at that time. It was, I mean, everybody who's ever attended college, any college or university knows that there's so much temptation out there. That man fought temptation every time it showed up. Now, it was a struggle, I'm sure, but he was willing to make that sacrifice to to live the life of what he believed in. And and he was a Christian man and still is in heaven these days. I was a Christian man who was struggling, young man who was struggling. Todd fought the fight harder and better than I did. But not only that, I came to the Ohio State University as a cornerback and Todd and I played in the secondary together. When I went to pro football, they moved me to strong safety. Hell, I didn't know what a strong safety, I didn't know how to play that position. But you know what I did? I thought about how Todd played that position every day. And that's how I ended up playing the position. Now, let me fast forward to what I want my quote to be. I don't want to talk about the first time I met Woody Hayes because what Woody always talked about was paying it forward. Am I right? Mm. I'm, I'm right about that. Am I right, Roy? Okay. So here's what I want to do. I want my quote to be about the most special thing about me was not the first time that I met Woody, but the first time that Chris Spillman met Woody. Mm-hmm. Because, see, the first time Chris Spillman met Woody was when I was at a restaurant having breakfast with Woody in the process of being recruited. We paid for, we paid for the, our own breakfast. Woody didn't pay for our breakfast, just so everybody will know that. Coach Hayes was at the table. I went to the restroom, and, and, and Chris's dad, Coach Spillman, Sonny Spillman, who was a, a coach at a high school there in my hometown of Canton, Ohio, Temkin was the, where he was the head coach. He came, to, approached me as I was going to the restroom. He said, Ray, he said, will you do me a favor? He said, will you ask, you know, the old man if he'll take a picture with my boys? And I said, oh, sure, coach, no problem. And I walked over to Coach Hayes and I said, Coach Hayes, uh, there's another coach here in the restaurant from uh, the other high school here. Uh, and, and his name is Coach Spillman. And he wants to know if you'll take a picture with his two sons. Now, that's a story that I'm going to tell because, you know, before I even knew, what Woody's perspective was about don't pay back, pay forward. I was paying forward and I didn't even know it because I, I guarantee you, and I've never heard Chris tell the story, but you just put something on my heart that he got a chance to make me Woody Hayes when he was a little boy. There was no way in the world he was going to any place besides the Ohio State University. I don't think his dad was going to let him go any place except the Ohio State University. So that's what I'm going to tell that story in words of which you can, you can use that for my example. Um, not the first day I met Woody, but how I was able to pay it forward and, and, and that'd be a tribute to Woody Hayes. That's great. I mean, I think the purpose of the book is so hopefully, you know, parents and grandparents can kind of share what's important about Ohio State and, and share kind of a nice lesson in life. I mean, you know. My well, that, that, that lesson in life for me, for me to, and that's what sports is all about. For you to share your experience, it's not all about you. It's how right. can you share that experience so it impacts somebody else's life. And, and that's what I'm saying. I, I was able to share that moment of which Coach Hayes was there to see me with a little boy. And I think it made an impact on his life. Now, if it did, oh, thank you, Jesus. But if it didn't, that's okay, too. But I think it did. And I think oh, yeah. it's played out oh, yeah. in Chris's life. As you see, he's a very successful man and, and faced some adversity himself. And it's been a long time since I've talked to Chris. And by the way, that was Chris and Rick, Rick, who is his brother, who is a, an executive in the National Football League, even to this day. 
Yeah, and I think particularly look at Chris Spielman and, and see what he did, kind of with his with his off the field, uh, you know, challenges with the, you know with, with Stephanie and how he's handled that and raising, you know, I think three girls and a son and and kind of doing what he's done off the field. You know, what what a great example of kind of everything that we're talking about. Yes, so, yeah. and and that book I block party now. You want me now? That I've got, I've got to talk a little bit about 1979 because again, uh, Urban Meyer, you know. Makes me think about 1979 because, you know, for, for Coach, you know, his mentor and the person that he, he gives all his credit to is Earl Bruce because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Earl gave him an opportunity uh, as an intern and he certainly was on his staff and now he's got the, the lifetime job. That's a, the, the dream of his life is to be a head coach at The Ohio State University and that, that's come true. And again, that... that I guess that was something that was paid forward by Earl Bruce, gave that young man an opportunity to be an assistant coach uh, or an intern or one or the other on the staff, knowing that never knew how his career would end up, but he would end up getting his dream job. And I think in 1979, after coaching uh, at Iowa State University and prior to that being at that other M school, but this M school happens to be a high school in the state of Ohio that I'm not going to mention. Earl Bruce got his dream job at Ohio State in 1979. We went undefeated, and that's where the the block party comes in because my good friend up in heaven there, Todd Bell, blocked a punt in the fourth quarter, and Jimmy Lofton picked it up and ran it to the end zone, and uh, the rest, as they say, is, is history. I think it's the other way around, Ray. I don't mean to correct, but I think it was that Jimmy, Jimmy Lofton blocked the punt, and Todd Bell hopped and skipped. And, and, oh, and, I'm and, sorry. Did I say it? Yeah, exactly right. It was Jim who blocked it, and Todd picked it up. You're exactly right. I didn't know I said the, the, just the opposite, but that's exactly right. But again, uh, I mean, you know, you know once the, the book comes out and I've sent you kind of the storyboards, I mean, I, hopefully that'll be a great vehicle for, you know, kids who want to understand what's the big deal about the Ohio State Michigan game, what's the family tradition, and, and how do you celebrate it, and how do you kind of bond through something like that. And for us, that's what it was. I mean, it could be a million other things for a million other families, but, you know, it's just a kind of a something I think for, for people who are particularly interested in Ohio State football or, or, or college sports, it's just a nice story to kind of explain the why and the emotion and, and kind of the, the passion behind, you know, the, the love and sharing that love of sports with you know your kids and, and kind of the, the best parts about it and and I think that's something I'll never forget and it's just uh, you know great that you know my, my kids are able to share in that and my wife's very supportive of it and it's just it, it's a very special thing and hopefully it'll be something great for you know families to, to share with one another so well you know that's one thing about sports and I, you know we're pretty proud about the program we have at Ohio State University but you know across the country you know. Across the world, really, sports is, is the one thing that can bring people together from all different, you know, backgrounds and 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 come together and compete, uh, and and hopefully be good sportsmen about it, and and understand that give your give forth your best effort, and if you win or lose at the end, you know, you, you shake hands. You know, it, it's just a game, but it brings people together from all aspects of life. As as a matter of fact, it's my perspective that I I doubt that there's a person that ever goes through life. That sports in some fashion does doesn't touch their life. Whether it's well, their- here's a here's a great story for you, Ray. I mean, I, this is one thing that I'll never forget. I remember the week Earl Bruce was was getting fired um, um, in '87, and you know they played Michigan, and, and the, the team rallied around them, and they ended up winning that game. And I'll, I'll never forget what what he said. You know, he said, you know, the one thing Woody Hayes taught him, you know, and that he's always tried to pass on was if you get knocked down in football or if you get knocked down in life, you, you pick yourself back up. And that's one thing that I've, I've really tried to pass on to, 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 to my kids is, you know, if something happens or, you know, we go running every morning, you go for a jog and 
you know, if somebody falls down, you, you pick yourself back up and you keep on moving. And it's kind of, you know, that's what they're learning, you know. And, and they kind of know the story about Coach Bruce and, and, and Emerson. Will, you know, she'll pretend to, to phone Coach Bruce. She trips and falls and she picks herself back up. She'll say, I, I fell down, but I got right back up. And I think those are one of some of those, you know, really special things about sports and, and some lessons you can learn that just will apply to all parts of your life. And you can kind of learn to be resilient and learn to, kind of, uh, you know, rely on yourself and, 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 and kind of act independently. I think those are, those are great lessons. Yeah, and those are some lessons that uh, I think that other than sports, it's hard for you to teach those lessons. You know, I, I don't see how there, there is, uh, you know, a parallel that you can, you know, solve a math equation, uh, a math equation, um, you know, with the examples that you can apply in sports. You know, like like you said, Woody talked about uh, falling down and getting back up. Woody also told us, though, I, I want to add to that, it's just that guy that falls down and keeps getting back up. That's the one you got to worry about <laughs> on the football field right. because that when they continue to play the game for 60 minutes and, and, and not give up after the first quarter or the second quarter, you know, uh, those are the teams that you have to worry about. And, and speaking of that, uh, again, regardless of what the record is this week, uh, you can believe that that Michigan team, and I said that word because I want everybody to know, is that school up north happens to be Michigan, in case you're not aware of the Ohio State University tradition against that school up north. Uh, I don't think they're going to give up. I don't care what the score is. There's too much tradition around that. And sometimes you can rally with just that, the history and the tradition. And after all, why not spoil Ohio State's undefeated season? Uh, that's that's what you – those are the kind of things that – you know, they can make your season. As a matter of fact, I think Coach's job might be on the lineup of that school up north. So I think that uh, the team may try to rally around him. What do you think going into the game, Roy? You think? Uh, well, they, they've done that a lot. I mean, you look at 1969. You look at um, you know 1993, 95, 96. I mean, all those times, you know, exactly kind of what you said happened, where Michigan was a pretty big underdog, and and and, and uh, they you know played well, and we didn't, and they ended up winning. I, I think the big difference this year is. The fact that, uh, you know, Michigan is kind of going the other way. I mean, if you look at those other years, like 69 in particular, I think they'd won four or five in a row, and, and they, you know, if not shut out the previous opponents, they dominated. And same in, I think, 95 and 96, they may have lost to Penn State the week before, but they were playing very well. And, and this year, you're not necessarily seeing that. I think they've lost three of four and, and, and you know, four of six or something, something to that effect. And, you know, they're all going to play their best game, and it is Ohio State, Michigan, and what I always tell everyone or I feel, I mean, they're going to play their best game. But it seems to me that they're going to really struggle, you know, to keep this thing close. But, you know, stranger things have happened, and we need to be ready. And, and I really liked what um, Urban Meyer did when we played Purdue, you know, he made the players watch the last two times we lost at Purdue. Is kind of, you know, just remember to take care of your own business and don't look ahead. So, uh, you know, if he can keep us from being complacent, if he can get them, you know, to play the game that they can play, I think we'll 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 do very well. But they need to understand that, you know, Michigan is just not going to show up and and roll over. They're going to play their best game and and, and do whatever they can to you know, make their season as, as winning would. Well, I'll tell you one thing for sure that I'm really happy about the fact that I anticipate a great game. And, of course, I think we'll come out victoriously. But unlike the National Football League, sometimes when your backup quarterback goes down, you're concerned. 
I want Braxton Miller. I, I think Braxton should be in the Heisman Trophy conversation, even though he did miss a few games. The man is just outstanding. Uh, but we got a backup quarterback in case we need one. Hey, Roy, thank you so much for joining us. We got to go now. Uh, the time is running out. The Ohio State University will victorious. Will be victorious. They will beat that school up north. The Philadelphia Eagles, of course will beat these Arizona Cardinals, and I will be back next week. So I'll see you all the next time, which will be the best time. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We hope that you have enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit www.rayellissports.com. And be sure to join us next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.